This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. And I just want to give a shout out to my daughter, uh, Mariah, who's in the Marine Corps right now. She said she'd be listening. So can we give a shout out to Mariah Church and a hand clap? Yes. I hope you didn't stay up too late last night, honey. <laughs> we love you, Mariah, and we're very proud of you. Amen. Let's take a moment and pray. Lord, we just thank you for your word going forth, and I humble myself before you, and I ask that you speak through me. Give to your people what they need here today, Father God. You are so awesome that you know how to do that. You, you know how to minister to every person, Father God. And uh, just thank you for that because you are an almighty God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm going to start a new series, and I don't know how long we'll go, a couple of weeks. But I want to talk to you about the power of worship, the power of worship. And, and typically when I speak on series, it isn't just kind of I pull something out of a hat and go, you know, that sounds like it would be really good and, and, and try to throw it together. It's usually agony in my soul. Can I get an Amen. So when you want to know what Mike's going through, just go, hey, this is what he's going through. And, and how many of you have been times in your life where it's very hard to even pray? Okay, some of you are responding. It's hard to, 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 to you know, to persevere. It, you know, you feel like, you know, I just need help. I need someone to, I think of the, father in the new testament where his son had the demon that tormented him and and the lord said just only, just only believe you know if you have faith and what did he what did he do and he's like lord help my unbelief the guy was so low his son you know that demon was throwing him into fire and it, it was just so felt like it was so hopeless and 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 i don't know about you but you say like well pastor if, if you feel hopeless there's no hope for there's no hope for us i mean you know what we all go through things and and, and god is here. The Spirit of God is here to help us, and I feel that messages that we share should be ones that help us when we walk out the door, amen, that we can carry with us this week, that can help us when we're having difficult times. And so I begin to think about worship and this power and how it helps our soul. I want to just talk about that, amen, the power of worship. In my text is Mark chapter 5, and I'm not going to get into all of it in the sense of a comment, because it's actually going to be another week in it. But I just want to take a few moments and read these verses because it's going to help set up what I want to talk about. And, and we'll come back to this verse, but there's some other verses we'll talk about today. It's more of an uh, introduction. The power of worship, worship in the atmosphere. This is the first week. Mark chapter 5, verses 1 through 20. The Bible's talking about where Jesus cures a demon-possessed man. In verse 5, it says, they arrived in the territory of the Gerasenes on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. As Jesus stepped out of the boat, a man came out of the tombs and met him. The man was controlled by an evil spirit, verse 3, and lived among the tombs. No one could restrain him any longer, not even with chains. He had often been chained hand and foot. However, he snapped the chains off his hands and broke the chains from his feet. No one controlled him. Night and day he was among the tombs and on the mountainside screaming and cutting himself with stones. Verse 6, the man saw Jesus at a distance. So he ran to Jesus, bowed down in front of him and shouted, Why are you bothering me now, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you will not torture me. 
He shouted this because Jesus said, you evil spirit, come out of the man. <clears throat> Verse nine, Jesus asked him, what is your name? And, Je and he told Jesus, my name is Legion because there are many of us. Now I want you to underline verse 10 or highlight it or whatever if you're on your iPad or phone. He says, he begged Jesus not to send them out of the territory. Remember that. Verse 11, a large herd of pigs was feeding on a mountainside nearby and the demons begged him, send us into the pigs, let us enter them. Jesus said, Jesus, excuse me, in verse 13, Jesus let them do this. The evil spirits came out of the man and went into the pigs. The herd of about 2,000 pigs rushed down the cliff into the sea and drowned. Verse 14, those who took care of the pigs ran away in the city, in the countryside. They reported everything that had happened. So the people came to see what had happened. Verse 15, they came to Jesus and saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. The man was sitting there, watch this, <clears throat> dressed in his right mind, and the people were afraid. <laughs> Verse 16, those who saw this told what had happened to the demon-possessed man and the pigs. And verse 17, then the people began to beg Jesus to leave their territory, get out of their country. Verse 18, as Jesus stepped into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged him, let me stay with you. Please let me stay with you. But Jesus would not allow it. Instead, he told the man, go home to your family. Tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how merciful he has been to you. So the man left. He began to tell how much Jesus had done for him in the 10 cities. In the Bible says, everyone was amazed. There's so much in this story. We're going to just kind of unpack it here. But I'm talking about the power of worship. I want you to notice that the, the, the word uh, uh Gerasenes, or usually I would say gatherings, but it's not, the G is silent. It actually means the reward is at the end, that, that, that man from that community. The reward is at the end. But I want you to notice something, that the Bible says that immediately when Jesus had come out of the bowl, the man, he was met with the man with the unclean spirit. Verse 6 says, when he saw Jesus, he ran towards him and he worshiped him. Uh, now notice uh, Mark chapter 5, verse 10. It said, he begged Jesus repeatedly not to send them out of that region. Why is that in the Bible? It doesn't really make sense. You're talking about demons here and spirits. And, <clears throat> and so we read down here that Jesus asked him his name. And actually it says, his, he responds, my name is Legion. And he begs him, please don't send us out of this territory. This area. So, so what's up with that? What does all that mean? And we find if you study a little bit in the Greek that the, some, many of you heard this before, but Legion actually is a Roman garrison and it was about, about six to 8,000 Roman soldiers was in a legion. So he names, this demon names himself, Legion means we're for many. That means there's at least six or 8,000 demonic forces uh, harassing this man or in this man. How many know they, they don't have to take up much, a lot of space, you know, thousands of demons in, in all of that. And so, so they beg Jesus, this one speaking for them all, please don't send us out of the territory. And I thought, why is that? Because their assignment, watch this, their assignment was there put in by Satan. You know, we need to know something about the enemy in spiritual warfare. Satan is extremely organized. Can I get an amen? He's organized, he's intent, he's structured, and as, as much as there's chaos in his kingdom, he's in charge. 
And he's very organized and he's very deliberate in what he wants to do. And this really is spiritual warfare 101. We need to understand as the people of God that there are territorial spirits over nations, over regions, there are over countries, cities, there are spirits over this city. There is. And they're, they're over properties, over homes. I mean, how many times you go into a home and you just feel, man, I just feel real peaceful here. There's something just blessed. I mean, if you've ever been to dear sister Arlene's home and she had a home, I mean, no Arlene, dear sister Arlene, I'm telling you, it's like walking into the Holy of Holies. There's not one wall that doesn't have a cross, a scripture, a hands praying. I mean, I just feel like the angels of the Lord. That's like a gate of heaven at that place. And, and so, so, but then there's some places you can go and you feel, I feel creepy. There's something just not right. Come on. And then it's just, what is that? You're sensing something, just, just something's not right. And, and, and you, you just feel, okay, what's going on here? See, here's the thing about the enemy. Satan and his demons, they violently oppose being ousted from their territory. Because, see, if they couldn't have been ousted, they wouldn't have said that. But when they saw Jesus, they knew that he's up to something. This is the son of God. We know exactly who he is. You know, the devil knows exactly who you are. And he knows the authority that you have that you don't know you have. I'm going to say that again because that's not in my notes. He knows the authority that you have that you don't know that you have. He knows it. And he really is, there's, he's afraid of you because of the name, because of your salvation, because you're a chosen one. How many know we don't need to fear the devil? Amen? But they are terrified, these demons, about leaving territory. They want to still be there. They want to influence and they work over the minds and hearts of people by thoughts, by culture. Many of you heard me share this story before about the, the Bible talks about how the sower sows the word. And we've heard that story that Jesus tells. And it says that when you sow a certain seed, a percentage of them, it said the devil comes and, and he takes those seeds. And then it talks about how people, and it talks about, you know, uh, the cares of this world, and it talks about the lusts of flesh, you know, and, and, you, and if you break it down out of four types of soil, 25% of the soil, the devil has involvement in. But 50% of the soil has to do with the culture. So we sometimes like to say, you know, the devil this, the devil that. The truth of the matter is he has influenced culture. If he influences culture so much, you could, you could there are places that we've been and we try to preach the gospel, we are thrown out of that community. Happened to Jesus. What would, who would do that when you bring in signs, wonders, miracles? You bring in healing, you bring in truth. What would possess someone to do that? The culture and the mindset. And so we need to be aware that there is a warfare. There's a warfare. Let me just tell you, there is a war in our nation going on right now. It's a, it's a war. And all the stops are off, okay? And we're seeing Satan rear his ugly head. I'm not trying to be political here. I'm being spiritual, Okay, I'm being spiritual because we're thinking of our children's 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 children in our nation. Okay, so there's a war, a major war that's going on where enemy, the enemy, Satan, wants to come in and destroy our nation. You know, there are certain cultures that like the Mayans, whatever, they don't exist anymore. They're gone. And you start to see they used to cut heads off and play, you know, soccer with the heads. Think about that. Okay, you know, he's like, what, what is the best Satan has? Satan has destruction. He wants to destroy America. He wants America to be destroyed in the gospel, not to go forth and be spread throughout all the world. Can I get an amen? Amen. What? See, so he opposes everything of God, everything of God, because here's why Satan actually believes 
that the earth is still his. He believes that. And that he will eventually, he actually believes this, that he will overthrow God. So what does he do? He set up his demonic forces, his demons, and he put them over regions as strongholds. And, and he said, you influence this area and ultimately to defeat the, 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 the people of God, to, to, to send them, uh, to, uh, uh, to, to get them thwarted and to not, to, to not move forward. Let me just tell you something about if you're going to start a church, that's warfare. I mean, if you're going to minister to someone and try to help someone and love on them and bring Christ to them and they're in a lifestyle or whatever that's, that, that is killing them, that's warfare. We're going to wake up to this. And just because we don't see this stuff happening, you know, day in and day in and out, we just think, okay, well, pastor's on the devil kick this morning. No, we need to know that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against wicked spirits in the heavenly. Can I get an amen? That's what we're up against. It's not your, you know, neighbor that stole your shovel. Amen. Or threw rocks at women's lawn onto your lawn. I've had that happen. No, it's the enemy to steal your joy. Amen. So, you know, here's the thing. Let's just contrast this, that, that uh, some pictures here in India and in Sri Lanka. Uh, most of the world, most of third world countries, they are very much aware of the spirit realm. Very much aware. They, they, they understand. I mean, in Japan, you have Shintoism. and Sri Lanka, you have Buddhism. And then you have Hinduism up north. And, and, and then there's the Polynesians, the Asians, the Chinese, Africans. And all of them, all those, many of those countries, they're very much aware of demonic forces and how they influence and powers that rule. Um, I remember uh, I heard this story. This here pictures in uh, India. You see with a crowd pressing in. They're in a temple. And I heard this firsthand. Some of you remember this back in the early 2000s. We had a, a, a young man. His name was Biju. How many remember Biju? Biju was Indian. And he uh, was a horrible situation. We just, it was just horrible. I, basically, we rescued him. Like, got, like off the street here in Alexandria. If you can imagine that. Got him a job. We got the church day. We got him a car. He had tooth, was hurting so bad. It was infected that... I went to a bunch of dentists here in town. I said, can you help this man? They said, no, you got to pay. So we, we as a church took up money and we paid to have his tooth. And he got born again. He got water baptized. He got filled with the spirit. And uh, it, it was tremendous. But, but he said, Pastor Mike, I've always known, he said, that, that, uh, that what was happening over there, there was something wrong. There was something eerie. It was just, you know, what they're doing. He said this, he said, in the temple, in the temple that they, they would come up and they would take their offering. God forbid that they woke up that morning, these people that are in abject poverty, they would scrape together whatever little they had and they would go to the temple and they would press in to the priest to give him the offering so that he would pray or bless them so no evil spirits would attack them that day. We don't think like that in America. What do we think? It's like, ah, they're just ignorant. But let me tell you something. They know something about the realm of the spirit. When you're under demonic oppression, you live under a spirit of fear. Fear. And that's, and so, and they're steeped in unbelievable poverty. But, you know, I remember we did a trip. I don't know if Kathleen, you were on this one. We were in Trinco Moli and we went by the temple and Ron was there and a few others were here. And it was, it was a guy like this. He's like, oh, he's praising the Lord. No, he's out in front early in the morning. 
worshiping at the, that temple, on the outside of the temple, praying. And I said, what is he doing? I said, you know, Harry, he goes, he's praying. He's asking that, he, that the evil spirits would protect him that day. The spirit, you know, would protect him, that if no evil would befall him, that he would have good fortune today. Wow. Just think of that. We share about the offering here, and, you know, and we, we thank God, and we're a blessed church, Amen. But, but, but they push forward to, to touch the minister, or I should say the priest, or, and, and to put their offering in the bucket to, to have them touch them because they're afraid. You know, that's not right. That's not right. That's not God. Amen? <clears throat> but but they, 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 they believe this. They believe that there's forces that in the realm of the spirit. There are spirit beings. There are entities that, that govern. And, 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 but, but in America, we... We just kind of pass it off as superstition, you know, and it's like, well, you know, you can't really. Yeah, they just, they're just ignorant, you know, but no, they know something. The, 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 you know, these third world countries know something that there are, there is a real devil, church. There is a real enemy, and he's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he may not be in beggar's clothes or, you know, dressed like some voodoo guy. He could be in a three-piece suit <laughs> in a tie, amen? It, you know, he, just, just because it's, it, it's a third world country. And I want you to notice in verse 10, the trial, it says, and he begged Jesus, going back to our text repeatedly, not to send them out of that region. There on the nearby hillside, a large herd of pigs was feeding. So the demons begged Jesus, send us into the pigs that we may enter into them. I mean, if the, if the devil can't inhabit, you know, an animal, his number one choice is a demon is to inhabit or oppress, however you want to say it, a human being. Satan still oppresses human beings. We're seeing that in our nation coming out more. We're seeing more like, that is really scary, you know, how they're acting. Did it really merit that? We're seeing manifestations now, bold-faced manifestations. Send us into the pigs so we enter them. Verse 13 and 14, he gave them permission. And the unclean spirits came out and went into the pigs, and the herd was about 2,000. <laughs> wow. Rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned in the water. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And so the people, they came out to see what happened, what's going on. That was their livelihood, pigs. I mean, it wasn't Jewish, but it was because, you know, they were considered unclean. But that was their livelihood, and they're all gone. How many of those, a lot of money went over the cliff? A lot of money went over the cliff. So they want to know what is going on. Verse 15 says, when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, watch this, clothed, because he was naked before, just naked, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Why would you be afraid? Why as a community would you be afraid of someone in his right mind? Why would you be afraid of somebody that has his wits about him? Why would you? But the community was afraid. Why are they afraid? Because what was abnormal for so long became normal. In other words, you kids, you know, make sure you bring your lunch. And when you go to school, stay away from that tombs because the crazy man's there. He's demon possessed. He's naked. Just walk by him. And on your way home, make sure you bring. They were just used to this crazy guy. And so communities tells me, can be used to things. We can tolerate things and think it's, it's fine, it's normal. It's normal that we got all these people that are addicted to alcohol. It's normal. It's normal, you know, we got these people that are, you know, uh, addicted to drugs and, 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 you know, or sexually immoral, sleep. It's just normal. No, it's not normal. It's abnormal. I, I'm going to say that again. It's abnormal. It's not the kingdom of God. 
You know, you, you say, well, we're going to get married. So you, you're living together, sleeping together. You're a fornicator. Amen, Pastor Mike. Preach, Pastor Mike. You're a fornicator. That's what it is. That's not normal. That's not kingdom. Amen. That's not God's greatest for you. It's not his purpose for all of us, you know, in, in our lives. Well, let me stick to my notes. I'm going to get in trouble more. <clears throat> the community was used to abnormal so much that it became normal. <clears throat> now, here's the thing that's interesting about the story. Let's see how far we can get this morning. Jesus passes first through a storm to set one man free. Why don't you think about that? He's got a st- major storm, you know. And then he goes to set one man free. You know what that tells me? That tells me that ministry is warfare. Ministry is warfare. And don't think that you're going to be able to just, you know, pick up your Bible and be a witness at work and you're not going to get warfare. You know what I mean? I'm not talking about, you know, doing things that you're not supposed to be doing on the clock, you know, on your free time, but being a witness, being a light, it's warfare. It's war. Young people, listen to me. It's warfare for you to stand up for Jesus in the school. Your elementary school, high school, it's going to be warfare. They're going to mock you. They're going to laugh at you. It's normal. That's normal because you are abnormal to them. Can I get an amen? It's abnormal. It's abnormal to them. It's weird because this is normal. This is the way we are. And Jesus has come to turn communities upside down. You know, there are certain communities I heard in this one. They made a video on it. I can't remember the name of it. But there's one community that it was full of drug cartels. And they held a pistol and a shotgun to a pastor's head. They're going to blow his brains. Jesus intervened in that situation. And that community that's in Mexico, these drug cartels got saved. They got delivered. And what happened is the whole community got saved. Like there's like four or five thousand. And they made, there's a video on this. And and many of you probably have seen it, but and it, it, the, the presence of God in that the, the bars closed down, okay? I mean, the jails were empty. The, the sheriff has nothing to do. That's the type of what's happened in this community. And it's so much affected even the produce that what they planted in the fields produced more per acre. That's the presence of God. We haven't seen that. We just know what we just add certain things to the soil. You know, we're natural. We're just real natural. But let me tell you something. Heaven's going to be so awesome. It's going to be so awesome. Amen. Stay on track here, Mike. Ministry is warfare, unlike any profession in the earth. And when you position yourself, when you position yourself to be used by God to help and to minister to others, Satan does not like that. He doesn't like that, but that's just too bad. Amen? That's just too bad because he has been defeated legally. Can I get an amen? You know, every, every trip that we have taken, uh, every mission trip, and we've taken a number of them, excuse me, uh, overseas, every single one of them, we have had harassment. Whether it's through the KGB, through the Russian mafia of the underworld, whether it's just people that came and harassed us where we're traveling in Southeast Asia somewhere, there's always some type of harassment. There's always something that the enemy, he raises up his head uh, and to, to harass you. I remember this one trip we went to. It was one of the first two. We went to Odessa in Ukraine, and we were right there on the, uh, the sea in Odessa. And I remember, it's a Black Sea, and I remember uh, the lady came out, was holding the meeting, and we had probably 400 people that came out, and they had the German Shepherd dogs there, and the KGB was waiting and said, you cannot preach. If you preach, we're going to arrest you. That's what they told us. And they shut down the conference hall. How did they shut it down? They pulled the plug. All electricity went out. It was pitch black. 
And so we have all these people that come out and they're crying out to Christians, preach, give us the word. Wow, they were so hungry. And so we said, well, I remember Peter Mel, we talked and Pastor Steve was on that and we like, let's go to the beach. So we packed up and left the KGB and this lady that was frightened, she was going to be taken away in the black car. And we went down to the beach and we split up in three groups and we, and we just told, just preach, just start preaching to them. So we start preaching on the beach. So here we are, it's probably late morning. Okay, I don't know what day it was. Maybe it was a weekend. Maybe it was a Sunday. And a guy comes. It's just so the devil is. He comes in a Speedo, okay? Now, forgive me, okay? Like, it was a Band-Aid, okay? And he's probably like 6'4", you know? And he weighed probably about 98 pounds. And so while I'm preaching, he comes right up front, and he stands like this, looking up to the sun, like to get tan. You talk about harassment. <laughs> See, the devil is everywhere to distract. He's to upset. And, and you think, well, I don't believe it. Where's that in the New Testament? Jesus would go to the temple. And when he'd go to the temple, what was in the temple? Demon-possessed people. People that start shout, start screaming, start manifesting. Why? Because the presence of God was there. A lot of times we just think the enemy wants to be away. But when things start happening with the things of God, he wants to know what's going on, how he can how stop that. How we can, You know, the devil wants to halt this church. Are you listening to me? He wants to halt this church. He wants to say, just, just shut up. Just be quiet and stay here. In Jesus' name, no. No. In Jesus' name, we're not going to be halted. We're not going to be halted. In Jesus' name. I'm worked up. All right. <clears throat> now watch this. The Bible says, it's an awesome verse. This is an awesome verse. Matthew 16, 19 says, For I will give you the keys. Somebody shout keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you forbid or bind on earth will be forbidden in heaven. Whatever you permit on earth will be permitted in heaven. How do we bring that down to today's thing, vernacular? Whatever you allow in your church will be allowed. Whatever you allow in your family will be allowed. Whatever you allow in your marriage will be allowed. Can I get an amen? Whatever you allow in your community will be allowed. It'll be permitted. But whatever you stop and say no. You know, some of you remember years ago, there was a strip club. It's, it's moved out towards Exacus, but it's called the Bump and Grind. And I was part of the community uproar with all that. And I think 400 people came out and they were mad. We don't want that. It was kind of off of 3rd Avenue. And anyhow, just kind of stuck in the community. And, and the argument was, listen, do I, how do we have to tell our little kids we're bringing them to school? You know, Daddy, Mommy, what's that place? You know, we don't want it in this community. I said, we don't want it. I said, well, they have a right. They do have a right. So what do we do? Me, it was a few others. We'd go out there, and we would protest the place. <laughs> so I walked out there with a cross, and he would come out. He was so mad. He would dump ice in front of our feet. You know, he just wanted us to slip and fall. I mean, he was, he was enraged, this guy. But it didn't matter. We'd just come out. And then if some, some, some men started coming in there, we would talk to him and say, hey, brother, we're not against you, but, man, God loves you. Some of them would just start crying. They just start weeping right there. This is this community, Okay. This community, and I remember uh, praying with a number of people, just loving on them, and just, you know, just go, go back to your wife, you know, just go and just bring him. They got so mad. I remember one time he dumped the ice. I picked it up. I was thirsty. I said, thank you, you know. And <laughs> he left. They moved out of the town. Whatever you permit will be permitted. Hallelujah. Keys, keys. I'll give you the keys. What does keys mean? Keys give us access. Isn't that right? Keys give us access. So if I said, hey, you have the keys to my car, you, you have access to my car. If you give me the keys to your home, I have, I have access to your home. Isn't that right? I will give you the keys 
the keys give us access, access. And that means you have access. That means you have a right to whatever those keys open, right? Come on, are you still with me? Maybe this is too much. We'll conclude here in a minute. You know, it's overwhelming, but I don't think so. Keys give you access, access to stuff. How many were ever given a key to, oh, someone let you borrow a cabin, or it was not the place you normally are at, and they say, hey, go under our house, whatever, and they give you a key, and what did you feel when you went first went in there? You felt a little sheepish, right? Like, uh, I, got, I got the key, you know, don't, you know, I've had that one time. I was in another state, and I had it, and I was just like, um, we got the keys. We have the right, but do we just pull up and do we just open the door? I mean, but they said, yes, you can use the cottage or you can use the ranch or you can use whatever. And so that's like many Christians here today. You have keys, but you're sheepish. Come on now. Sheepish. You don't want to really go get in there. You don't want to really use it because it's strange. It's different. I'm a little uncertain about using those keys. And I don't know, maybe someone would get mad. We, they gave you it and they said, use it. I just, uh, I have them. I'll keep them but I'm not going to use them. How many know that's not the heart of God? Amen? Keys also mean authority. And this goes into what I just said, that sadly, many Christians are not aware of the access that they have, number one, and, and in the spirit realm. Let me clarify that, access in the spirit realm. And they are not aware of the authority that they have, or maybe they minimize that authority. How many know God does not want you to minimize the authority he has given you? Um, let me just, I'll share this illustration and we'll conclude. I'm not going to be able to finish. <clears throat> and we're talking about ignorance of God's presence here in this part. Genesis 28. How remember the story of Jacob and he has this dream of a ladder, the ladder. There was a one uh, gif, what do they call it? A GIF, it's kind of, it moves. It was uh, some angels that were coming down. And I just thought, that's a little too hokey. But I was thinking, that's so nice. It'd be nice to see angels coming down. Well, this is the dream Jacob has. He has this dream. He goes to this place, and we find out, you know, in the scripture that it's Bethel. And he lays his head. He goes to sleep, puts a rock, and he sees this dream of this ladder. And it says this, that angels, uh, Genesis 28, 10 to 17, it said, Jacob left Bersheba and went to Haran. He came to a certain place and camped for the night since the sun had set. He took one of the stones there, set it under his head, and lay down to sleep. And he dreamed. And this is what he dreamed. A stairway or a ladder was set on the ground and it reached all the way to the sky. And then God, it says that the angels of God were going up and going down on that ladder. Then it says, then God was right before him saying, I am God, the God of Abraham, your father, the God of Isaac. I am giving the ground of which you are sleeping, watch this, to you and your descendants. Your descendants will be as the dust of the earth. They shall stretch from east to west, from the north and south. And all the families of the earth will be blessed themselves in you and your descendants. Yes, I will stay with you, he promises. I will protect you wherever you go, and I will bring you back to this very ground. I'll stick with you until I have done everything I promised you. Then the Bible says in Genesis 28, verse 16, it says this. Jacob said, God is in this place for certain, and I didn't even know it. You know, that's just like many Christians. Show up in church, kind of go through the routine, sing a few hymns, you know, close the hymnal and, you know, hear, hear, hear a message, you know, just kind of, okay, and then leave and go home. Come on now. <clears throat> God is in this place. You know, every church that's proclaiming the truth, God is in that place. 
He's in certain manifestations in that place, but, 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 but you know, God is, is still there. And it says this, God is in this place, and I didn't even know it. That tells me that as Christians, we can be ignorant about God's presence. Come on now. I'm almost done. And it says that he didn't know, and he was terrified. He whispered in awe, incredible, wonderful, holy. This is God's house. This is the gate of heaven. And I'm going to kind of conclude with this. So Jacob, he falls asleep. He has a dream. He sees this ladder, and he sees angels uh, that are ascending and descending. In other words, if I could say it this way, spiritual transactions were taking place. Watch this now. They were happening between heaven and earth. Uh, Business transactions, uh, contracts, dealings, communication was happening between heaven and earth, and he didn't know it. We can go our whole lives walking as a Christian and believer and be ignorant about what God is doing. Ignorant. But you see, in the realm of the spirit, God is doing stuff. He's bringing answers. He's bringing miracles. He's moving. He's, he's changing things. See, our God is not a distant God. He is a communicating God. And we need to position ourselves where we can hear. We can discern. We can know what he has for us. Psalms 103 verse 20 says, praise the Lord, you angels. And it says this, who carry out his plans, who perform his word, who fulfill his word, listening for each of his commands. That's what the angels do. When God says, go, send forth, those angels go, and they move on your behalf. You're asking for prayer. You need a breakthrough in your life. You need something to change. Prayer goes up on your behalf. The Lord says, angels, go. Bring the answer to them. Bring the answer. That's, that's what he saw. He saw these spiritual transactions taking place, and he wakes up and goes, I didn't get it. I didn't understand. I didn't even know that God was here. Stand with me if you would, please. In Genesis, I believe this passage illustrates in the realm of the spirit. Watch this, that the earth and the heavens are connected. We're going to get into this, Lord willing, next week, that there are access points. And the place where he was at was called Bethel. It means house of God. Say that with me. Say house of God. Bethel. We hear of churches named Bethel and things related to in ministries, and, and that's, that's what they're doing. They're connecting that. See, but this is the place where Jacob, he rested, and he woke up and goes, this is the house of God. This is the house of God. Friends, the local church is the house of God in a community. There are many local churches in a community because there are many people, amen? And it's not just one church, Many throughout the world. But they are God's, I believe, God's access points to heaven. Now, that doesn't mean you can't pray and can't receive from God, but there's something corporately and uniquely that God does in the local church. Otherwise, we don't need the local church. You don't need me. Amen? You know I mean? I'm just, you know, quit and go do something. Start a manufacturing company. You know, just kind of be old by yourself. You and Jesus walking through the woods, enjoying the beauty, which is nothing wrong with that. But you need the house of God. You need the access point. And he said, whoa, I didn't even get it. Church is where it's at. 2018, understanding, interpretation, commentary. Church is where it's at. The house of God is where it's at. It, it, and I didn't get it. I thought it was other things. I, I downgraded the value of the local church in my mind. And because life, you know, just it didn't seem, wow, my God. He fell asleep and he has this dream. Bethel means the house of God. And here's the thing. Every church, I believe, is part of God's access point in the earth. They may not be operating. Each church is operating its full potential. We are not. 
I'll just tell you right now, as a church, we're not operating our full potential. The devil hasn't seen yet what's in store, what we have. Amen. We're not at our full potential, but we're not quitting. Amen. We're moving forward. Amen. But the, when you move forward, uh, you're going to get opposition. I'm just going to conclude with this, and this will probably whet your appetite for some of you wonder. I grew up in, in Massachusetts in the South Shore, and there's a place called, Rhonda remembers this. She's wondering, where am I going to tie this into this message? Peaceful Meadows. This was the best ice cream place in New England. The best. Still there today. Because they had a farm with the cows. And they would get the milk right there from the cows. They'd mix the cream, and they would make their homemade ice cream. Some of you are going to take off, go right to Cubs. You're going to go Walmart. Give me a gallon of that ice cream. But it's nothing like Peaceful Meadows. And what's your point? What are you trying to say? How many know there are ice cream places all around, but there was one Peaceful Meadows? See, see, see you, you can enjoy life. You're going to spend your life on things. But there's one place. It's the house of God. Will you feel the richness? Will you feel the, the healing? Will you feel the strength? Will you feel the, the, the body of Christ coming together, the house of God? And we can forget it. Hallelujah. Every head bowed, please. See, when Jacob found God in his heart, he found him everywhere. And God has many Bethels, many Bethels throughout the world. In this church for the harvest, Harvest Alexandria is one of the Bethels of God. I said it's one of the vessels of God. It's a place where you can, you can find a spouse. <laughs> you can get married. You can have children. You can raise your kids. Your children can be trained. They can hear the word of God. Your youth can be loved on with uh, our children's pastor and uh, Katie and Ryan and, and Kim and Joel and their youth pastor and all the leaders. And, <clears throat> and then you can be ministered to by this church with the, with the uh, pastoral care team. And they can love on you and, and they care for you and they reach out. They'll do Bible study. They'll, they'll pray for you. They'll, they'll bring healing in your life. This is the house of God. This is a Bethel. And I just want to encourage you here this morning. If you downgraded the importance of where life is at, I want you to raise your standard to the house of God. It's where it's at. So, there's so many times I am tempted every Sunday afternoon and Monday morning. Just, well, you know, not making a difference Maybe I could go do this, you know, I could, could go do that, or I, I could buy this company, or I could whatever. Yeah, I still come back to the center of my life. I really feel that I'm about something that's so important. It's the kingdom of God and helping equip other people. That doesn't mean we can't do other things, and, and we have, my wife and I, and we'll continue. But the point is this, is that it's the house of God. It's the house of God. You're here this morning and say, Pastor, uh, not right with the Lord. Came here this morning and I'm sensing a stirring, but I need to get right with God. You came to the right place. You came to Bethel. You came to the place where you have access to God. You have, there's a key here that's unlocking your heart that'll say, I want to come in. This is a place of access. With every head bowed, you say, Pastor, pray for me. I, I want to get right with God. Let's pray together corporately. Let's pray together corporately. <clears throat> As we, as we pray for, for those that will get right. Say this to me. Say, Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for my sin. Jesus, come into my life. Save me. Wash me. Cleanse me. Purify my mind. Purify my heart. In Jesus' name, I give you my life. Now take it. Be Lord of my life from this day forth in Jesus name 
Amen. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's Word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times in meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.